The Samoan word tala translates to story or tale. And for Henry Onesimo, a new Auckland fine dining joint tala is a chance to tell his own tales of Samoa through familiar ingredients presented with a fresh twist. Henry and his wife Debbie Onesimo are opening the restaurant next Friday. Hospitality's not the first career for either of them. After leaving Samoa at 17, Henry joined the US military and then worked as a dancer for Disney. Debbie worked as a lawyer, but a move to New Zealand landed them both on the hospo scene, and after a trip back to Samoa, Henry began to rediscover the flavours that sparked memories of childhood. Henry and Debbie Onasimo are in our Auckland studio. Marlo, great to have you with us. Marlo, Catherine, Talofa. Great to have you here, and this is very exciting. And what's still to happen between now and that first sitting? Quite a bit. We have a soft opening today as well as tomorrow. So that's pretty much friends and family that we've invited, not filling out the restaurant, but it'll give us a chance in the team to run through everything and see how we go and then give us a few more days to, um, you know, tie up any loose ends that we need to before we open the doors next Friday on the 3rd. Just tell us of the venue. It's an inter- so many interesting stories to the to the path that you've been on. Um, but securing the venue, where it is, readying it, just give us a little bit more on that. It was a, pr- a prior restaurant you'd identified that then closed. Is that correct? That's right. It used to be Pasture Restaurant, and we were familiar with it because we've been doing pop-ups using other people's restaurants, and that was actually the site of our next pop-up. Um, so we were familiar with it. We had just been in there. Henry had cooked the menu in the kitchen and when the space became available we knew it was a good fit because we were looking for a very open kitchen and this one in particular had um, the open fire cooking which allows recreation of umu cooking in there which was quite unique and the size we wanted to keep it more intimate um, so we can really focus on the guest experience and all of the little details that really will make this shine. So how many can you seat in it? 26 to okay, 28. Wow. And just explain a little bit more about the open fire. Where is it located? Yep, so right in the kitchen. The kitchen's actually in the dining room, so <laughs> our seating is... No pressure, is, Henry. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so kitchen's pretty much in the dining room, so we'll have 10 guests that we can seat right along the kitchen pass, and they'll get a up-close view of the umu, the preparation of the food that goes into the umu, um, it being unveiled that will be probably partway through their meal, um, and interaction with the chefs as they learn about, you know, what's behind these dishes, what is the story of these dishes. So it really lent itself well towards telling the story that we want to portray. Yes, dining as theatre has very much become a thing, and and intimate theatre. Yes. Uh, The the, the chefs um, uh, cannot hide away in the kitchen anymore (laughs) or bring everybody around. Let's go back to the beginning of the journey, though. As I said, it's a long gestation, actually, and um, as has your cooking career been, Henry? So let's go right back. What are your memories of food and of, and of cooking growing up? Yeah, so like the, you know, growing up in Samoa, the preparation for the umu actually begins um, in the beginning of the week. You know, you start gathering little things here and there, uh, whether it be the taro, the banana. Uh, you start talking to the fishermen uh, to see what he, uh, where he might be fishing, uh, so you can expect what he's going to be bringing with him. Um, but mostly it's that um, that smoky uh, in the Sunday morning of you know 
everybody's doing an umu and you can barely see uh, early in the morning because <laughs> all the smoke is out there. I'm just there. I'm, yeah. I'm not even. I'm not even doing any work. I'm. I'm lying in a hammock somewhere. Just. <laughs> So yes. Actually, I wouldn't be someone to put me to work, right? Yeah. <laughs> and then, you know, going to the fish market, you know, and you can get like some of the best breakfast uh, uh, at the fish market, like, you know, things like suafai, uh, which is like banana soup. Um, you have vaisalo. Uh, it's like a tapioca uh, breakfast uh, meal that you can get. It's, yeah, those are the things that, and just that, uh, you know, that caramelized uh, coconut against uh, heat, you know, heated stones and wood. It's just, yeah, uh, those are the, the the childhood memories that really uh, come to mind. However, it wasn't a straight career path. You weren't off to, you know, um, Polytech at, at 17, far from it. Um, you <laughs> no. headed off to the States and originally in, into a military career, Henry. Yeah, Um I failed school to actually in Samoa. Uh, and so, you know, when I went to the States, they're like, oh, you, you know, you need a, at least a high school diploma, uh, you know, to be functioning in, in the United States. So uh, I went to school and um, for like three months um, just to get the high school diploma. And uh, a recruiter uh, got caught me and then, you know, um, it's pretty much a salesman and you know, mm. I was sold. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yes, sign me up. Uh, I'll join the military. And then, uh, ended up six years in the, uh, Hawaii National Guard. Uh, look, you see that in the movies and it literally happens. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. What made you go to the States in the first place? Did you have a cooking career in mind even then? No. So, um, you know, uh, Back in the day when it was, you know, a little bit more relaxed immigration laws, uh, um, you know, Samoan women would fly over to New Zealand or, in my case, American Samoa to have the babies and uh, they would have the passport, um, you know. So it was I was destined to be the one with the passport and uh, to go to America and make something of myself. Uh. Have passport, will travel. Yes. <laughs> now, okay, so six years of the military career, uh, you, you need to explain a bit more about the next one, which is a dancing career with, with Disney. Yeah. Uh, you know, I believed everything the recruiter said when I joined the military, and I thought, oh, I'm going to have so much money and this and that. But uh, no. Uh, being in the military, you still need to supplement your income, uh, especially if you're uh, a single person. Um, so... Uh, you know, there were auditions for Luau's, um, and then I just thought, you know, I might not know how to dance, but I'm pretty sure I can pick up that skill. So uh, I just auditioned, and uh, personality was a big part of it, and um, I had some of that. So they just said, um, yeah, you're hired. And uh, surprisingly, I tried to do both, uh, and I've always living in the states you know if you work hard you can pretty much make it there um and i've always had the ability to to have two to work two jobs mm. while i was there yeah so what was it um what, what, i'm just i can't sort of think, think of the context um <laughs> is it literally uh, on site at one of their great big venues so what were you doing in the second job so um they had a polynesian resort um at Disney World, and um, they had a luau. Uh, it was two sh 
two shows a day, five days a week, and um, you know, we would just perform all the dances throughout Polynesia. Wow. So we, you know, we did a little bit of Maori, um, Tongan, uh, Fijian, Samoan, Hawaiian. Um, Keep and- you fit. Yeah, it it definitely did. So, Debbie, Uh, um, you were working as a lawyer, um, and, uh, of course, the the visit to America, I think you met in Orlando. I don't know if you were visiting Disney World at the time. You can tell us more. No, I Um, lived in Orlando at the time when we met. So I was practicing as a lawyer in Orlando, um, and then we met through a mutual friend um, when Henry was living in Orlando and working at Disney. Uh, and it was actually not long after you got together that the Samoan restaurant dream started. Is that That's correct? Right. It was we, a trip back to Samoa. Yep, we quickly. Um, I knew he wanted to move back to Samoa and had that dream of opening a restaurant. And at the time, um, my contract, um, where I was at the law firm, uh, was coming to an end, and I was going to be looking, you know, to move to the next phase of my career and thought, okay, this is a good opportunity. I'm open to it as long as we go for a trip first. I had never been there to see what it's like. So went back home and, um, you know, said, okay, we'll give this a go and came back to Orlando, packed everything up and pretty quickly moved to Samoa. Um, And we lived there for eight months before coming to New Zealand. The original plan was a restaurant in Samoa. That's right. Yes. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. It was actually uh, Debbie's friend in Orlando. She had a Italian restaurant, and um, she she was kind enough to put me through her kitchen. And after that, I was like, oh, you know, that's when the first idea of opening the restaurant came about. I was like, ha, oh, Debs, you know, I'm so experienced now. Uh, <laughs> we can definitely do this in Samoa. Uh, and, yeah, so that's where it all kind of uh, started. The, the ball started rolling from then. There is another chapter, though, and and we're talking fine dining here, which is an interesting concept. Um, There's another moment of inspiration that leads you down the the fine dining dining route in your cooking career, Henry, and this, I think, was on a weekend trip back to Auckland. Yeah, it was. uh, You guys, every time you travel, something happens. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) So, um, yeah. You know, when we went back to Samoa, my mom actually was like, you know, uh, working in a restaurant and owning your own business is two completely different things. You need to go to school to learn how to run a business. Uh, So, you know, mom's always right in Samoa. Uh, So I went to school, actually. And then uh, one of the teachers there um, suggested that I go to eat uh, at Meredith's uh, restaurant on a weekend that me and Debs uh, were flying up to see one of my friends who was touring with um, uh, a music group. So, um, yeah, we came up here. Uh, we had dinner. Um, it was uh, a place. The, the address was 365 Dominion Road, <laughs> Meredith's Restaurant. Uh, and the meal was just, it was mind-blowing for me at the time. It was, it was something I've never had before. Um, and it, you know, uh, after the meal, there was a table next to us and the chef came out to talk to them. Uh, and he had all these Polynesian tattoos. I'm like, you know, and he looked Polynesian, uh, and eventually he came and talked to us. Uh, and that was, you know, it was, it was such a life changing experience, literally, uh, that me and Debs went back to the hotel that night and we're like, um, you know, we knew that I was 
roughly at that time from where he was from the food that we just ate, probably seven years away uh, as far as experience is concerned. Um, but we would have to put our dreams of opening a restaurant then and learn uh, this new uh, way of cooking. And uh, yeah, I'll be forever thankful for that meal uh, at Meredith's restaurant. Debbie, your uh, experience, I understand you, you probably know as much about cuisine as Henry does. <laughs> yes, yeah. probably more. Done <laughs> studies alongside him. Yes, I did study alongside him. He'll, he will tell you that um, when he was in culinary school, I would yes. do the book work for him. He'll do the practical. So I do feel like a little bit by default, I have a culinary degree, somewhat imaginary. But um, I think the thing is for me, you know, I've always enjoyed um, food and wine, and that's always been a passion of mine. Even when we first met, I cooked quite a bit and um, would always do little dinner parties, even for our law firm, did kind of like the catering on the side. So it's always been an interest. So this wasn't a far reach for me to step into this with him. Um, but I think probably one of the unique factors is I bring more of that guest focus. So I always view this from how would the guest feel rather than just being the person who has the complete hospitality background and only looks at it, you know, as you would from a kitchen or front of house. I always think of, is this appealing to the guest? Are they, you know, going to love this experience or all the little details there? Very interesting. Uh, and, and also, as we were saying, there's all the financial and the legal stuff involved. Have you brought quite a business, um, uh, you know, certainly a legal experience to that side of the business as well? I think so. It's, you know, a lot of the skills translate. The um, The law degree was one that when I came to New Zealand, I couldn't practice law. It's very difficult to convert the American license because it's not part of the Crown system. And I always wanted to do something where I didn't feel like I wasted the, that degree. And when we first came here, I went into the corporate world here, um, working in property teams for AT and Kiwi Rail. And then now, you know, I did work on the business side um, at Meredith's for a bit and kind of learned how do you translate those skills into the hospitality setting and had always said, you know, when we decided to open, I would do that same thing um, for us, like help that background work. I'm not the person on the floor at night. Um, you know, that's a whole nother skill set that I don't bring. But I think for Henry and I, it's been a good balance because he's strong in the cooking, the kitchen, the management of that part of it. And I'm, you know, the one in the background with the spreadsheets and organization <laughs> and attention to detail. So it's it's been a good combination. It was quite an apprenticeship, uh, in inverted commas, with Michael um, Henry. And from memory, he had a fairly blunt message to you right at the start, didn't he? What, did he, what was his view of your palate yeah. and what had happened to it after a few years? <laughs> uh, so he says, um, you know, first couple of times in the kitchen, he, I think it was more of he knew that I had a lot to learn. And he, knew, he was just, you know, uh, very blunt and said, you know, First, your knife skills suck, uh, and also your palate is even worse. So you need to get out and eat and build that, um, you know, because that is your only tools uh, uh, that you can rely on in the kitchen. Um, so, yeah, me and Deb started eating out uh, after that at all the restaurants that uh, he was re recommending that uh, we, we, we go to. And it was all the, you know... It was all the hatted restaurants. It was all the, the 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 more comparable places to what Meredith's was. You went to Thailand as well, um, and what was the influence of that trip on 
again, bringing a fine dining um, approach, but to a, a culture and a cuisine. Yeah, so we went there. Um, we went there actually just to eat.、Um, the first time we went to Thailand,、uh, we actually were trying to. We did Thailand, Cambodia, and Vietnam,、um, and then you know we just went to just again. It's that、uh, building of my.、Uh, we went to eat and build that palate. It's one of the institutionalized things that、uh, me and Debs are now doing. You know, every year we at least try to go somewhere to eat. But after that meal、um, in Thailand、uh, at an Indian restaurant,、uh, you know, and the way it was presented, again something clicked、um, that, you know, it's this is the flavors that you would see at a takeaway. Um, but the way that it's presented, and the way that it's being,、uh, you know, accompanied by wine, juices, and cocktails, it was another、uh, piece of the puzzle that we're like, oh, this, this could be the missing thing to what I'm trying to do、uh, with Samoan food.、Um, how to get that, you know. From that,、uh, choose one, choose two, choose three at your favorite Avondale,、uh, someone takeaway shop,、uh, into a fixed space in Parnell that we're trying to accomplish now. What of the cuisine,、uh, and and again,、uh, bringing traditional Samoan cuisine and putting it in the context of fine dining? What what will people experience? What some of your favorite dishes that you'll let us know about? Now,、uh, I think I like the.、Um, There's two that I'm really happy with at the moment.、Um, it's the umu chicken that we're gonna start cooking from、uh, when the first、uh, chef journey sit down. So they'll get a peek of how it's prepared and then cooked,、um, and then we serve it in the middle,、uh, in between the fish and the meat course.、Um, and you know, it's just. Showcasing that Samoan cooking technique, and I'm for that one. I'm kind of hoping that they do appreciate、um, the honesty in in the word umu、uh, when we at Tala say it. You know, we're not using it as a you know、uh, a buzzword or anything like that. It's an it's an actual thing that we are actually doing in the restaurant, and it's a nod to、uh, old Samoan cooking.、Um, and then. There's a、uh, ram, raw ramen salad,、uh, which is you know one of those fun treats. Uh, uh, growing up in Samoa, eating raw ramen noodles,、uh, <laughs> <laughs> those were those were those were literally a、uh, uh, uh, a treat for us. It'd just you know? be like crunchy chips or something, were they? Exactly,、mm. and that MSG powder that you have inside <laughs> is, <laughs> and then the dehydrated、uh, vegetables that were inside as well. <laughs> oh my gosh! I mean it. It was like a texture heaven, and then that seasoned packet is just sweet, salty.、Uh, you didn't know what it was, but you knew it was tasty.、Mm. Uh, so, uh, trying to recreate that in the in the restaurant setting is uh, uh, has been quite fun.、Um, traveling back,、uh, remembering、uh, those food memories. Debbie, the, the launch of the business is an interesting time to do it. We know that we've been, you know, close to recession. Yes, it's been part of the the need to try and rebalance、uh, the economy. So everyone's got high interest rates and、yep. uh, having to to 
you know, make cuts to their discretionary spending. So there's courage here. But you've also taken another interesting path in doing the pop-ups. And was that a deliberate way to test the market, to test what you were doing? Has that been part of a deliberate business plan? Yes, definitely. So for us, because we knew we're going a bit outside of the box, you know, what we're doing in, in just presenting contemporary Samoan cuisine, we wanted to get a feel for you know, what's the demographic that we're drawing? What's the feedback on the menu? Um, so before getting, you know, into a fixed space and having that lease on top of us, we wanted to see, does this even work? So um, Henry had tested this menu, kind of put it out there to a number of his friends that are chefs for a tasting first. Then we went out to, okay, let's use other people's restaurants and kind of trial this. And the feedback was great. We were drawing a wide demographic, which was really um, pleasing for us that we were getting, you know, the young 20-somethings that just come in and they're Instagramming from the whole time they're there um, to older generation Samoans saying this is great. And they were understanding that, you know, this is the evolution of the food, how it's being presented now. And we're always aware of, you know, I know exactly what you're saying with the economy now. I just think anytime you do something, any business you open, no matter what what the economy is like, what time, there's always some risk involved. And I think um, for me, you know, with the legal background, I'm probably one of the most risk averse people that there is. So everything, you know, it's it's that calculation along the way. It's always scary. But I think this will pass again, you know, and um, things will turn around. I think, you know, you draw from a sector who will always be going out to eat. And then I also think, and we've tried to impart this on our team, that we value every person who walks in that door. Um, some people will save, you know, for months to come here one time. There's going to be people who can come here multiple times a week if they want to. And I just want when they walk in the door to create that experience where we shut off the world for the few hours, let them relax, let them enjoy. It's not just a come sit, eat the food and run back out. We want that experience, almost like a little mini getaway for well, a few hours. Does that hours. mean you're not running multiple sittings of an evening? We will turn um, one of our chef's journey seating, which is at the kitchen pass. Mm. That will be the earliest and the la- latest seating. Mm. So we, we will turn that one, but have allowed plenty of time, of time so that guests have a great experience. All the best with it. And so soft opening and then when when do the queues get to the door? To, for the 3rd of November is right. when bookings are open now, so um, from the 3rd. Very good, Papatai, and have a, a really uh, successful uh, time with it. It's, um, it's almost like the birth of a new baby or something, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> You'll probably have wait lists after this, so uh, he's hoping. That is Henry Onesimo and Debbie Onesimo and Tala uh, opening uh, early November, as you heard. More uh, details on our website.